5. Gis, and sometimes even of the kidneys or the liver or the heart. Several of these infectious diseases measles, chickenpox, and scarlet fever, for instance had a rash, or breaking out, called an eruption, upon the skin. This is another thing easy to look out for, and if you see anyone with a rash upon his face and hands, it is a good thing to keep away from him and not let him touch you, even if he should not have measles or scarlet fever or chickenpox, but only a disease of the skin itself. He still might spread the infection of that, for most diseases that cause a breaking out upon the surface of the skin are infectious. Some of these infectious diseases are so common among children that they are called children's diseases, or the diseases of infancy just as if it were natural for you to have them while you are children, and as if they were something that you have to have as a matter of course, before you grow up, but it isn't necessary at all to have them, if you will take care of yourselves and help your doctors and the board of health of your county or town or city to prevent their spreading, these diseases, although usually very mild, never do anyone any good whatever, and may do serious harm, for their poisons may stay in the blood and injure the heart or the kidneys or the nerves. One thing I should like to urge you to do if you happen to get one of these children's diseases and that island to stay in bed or out of school or away from work just as long as your doctor tells you to. This is important, because it is very dangerous indeed to become overtired or overheated or chilled, or to get your feet wet or romp too hard or sit up too late before you have fully recovered, and you will not have fully recovered until at least three or four weeks after you are able to be out of bed, but if you take good care of yourselves for three or four weeks after measles or chicken pox or whooping cough or a very bad cold, you will avoid almost all danger of their poisons injuring your heart or kidneys or nerves, and causing chronic diseases, like Bright's disease or heart disease, later in life. Perhaps now I have told you enough about poisons and sickness. You must not be frightened about them. I have told you these things so that you may understand why you must bathe, and brush your teeth, and wash your face and hands, and wear clean clothes, and breathe fresh air, and keep your windows open, and play out of doors in fact. Keep your bodies clean inside and out. I know you will be glad enough to do these things, troublesome though some of them may be, if you know the reason why. The best of it is that when you keep perfectly clean and healthy, not even the great white plague and cold seeds, or germs, can hurt you, even though they get into your mouth or nose, for Mother Nature gives healthy bodies the power to kill germs, and quite without our knowing it, I, 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 protecting our friends if you knew that some of your little friends were sick with an infectious disease like measles or scarlet fever, of course you would keep away from them, so as to avoid catching the disease, and if they knew that they had a disease that was infectious, of course they would want to let all their friends know of it, so as to prevent them from coming and catching it, but how can they let all their friends know, sick people don't feel like writing letters, and, even if they did, some diseases can be carried in letters, so that might not be at all a friendly thing to do, this has always been the greatest difficulty in preventing the spread of infectious diseases how to let other people know, so about 50 or 60 years ago, People got together and decided that the best thing to do was to appoint an officer known as a health officer, or a committee known as a board of health, in each town and in each county, whose business it should be to find out cases of infectious disease, and to warn other people against them. These officers first ask all the doctors in the town to report to the central health office, or board of health, every case of a patient with an infectious disease. Then, when the case has been reported, 
that office sends someone with a card on which the name of the disease is printed in large letters, and he tacks the card upon the front of the house or upon the fence around the lot, so that everyone who goes near the house may know that there is danger, and keep away from it. Then, sometimes, a messenger from the Board of Health goes into the house and talks to the family, and tells them how they can keep the patient in a room by himself, so as to prevent the rest of the family from catching the disease, and how they can best take care of the patient, and keep from carrying the infection through clothing or food or anything else. Then, because anyone who has been sick with an infectious disease will still be shedding the germs of the disease and spitting or coughing, not only as long as he is sick, but for two or three weeks after he is beginning to feel better, the messenger will tell the family that the patient must stay either in his own room or within his own house or yard, for so many days or weeks. This is called keeping quarantine. The word comes from the Italian word quarantine. 40. Because in the early days when the practice was first begun, the patients used to be kept by themselves in this way for 40 days, while sometimes this is very inconvenient and hard and troublesome. It is really the only safe way of stopping the spread of these diseases, and I am sure any one of you would be willing to take this extra trouble sooner than let any of your friends catch a disease from you, and perhaps die of it. Quarantine is also the best and safest thing for the patient, because it keeps him quiet and at rest until he has completely recovered, and until all danger that the poison of the disease will attack his lungs or heart or kidneys is over. In some of the best schools now there is an examination of all the children every morning, by a visiting doctor sent by the Board of Health. If the doctor finds any child that has red and watery eyes, or is running at the nose, or sneezing, or coughing, or has a sore throat, he usually sends him home at once, so that the other children will not catch the infection. The school doctor is not thinking only about what seems to be a cold, although, as you know, It is very important that anyone with a cold should take good care of himself and should not let others catch it from him. The doctor sends the child home because this is just the way in which several other infectious diseases may begin measles, scarlet fever, chickenpox, whooping cough, and diphtheria. For most infectious diseases, as you will remember, are caught from germs floating in the air and breathed into the nose and throat. The Board of Health takes care of the public in many ways besides these. It keeps a very careful watch upon the water supply of the town, or city, so as to keep the houses and factories from running their drainage, or sewage, into it, for this, as you already know, might cause the spread of typhoid fever and of other diseases of the bowels and stomach. The Board of Health sends men to examine, or inspect, the milk the dairymen bring, to see that it is sweet and pure, and that there are no infectious germs in it and it sends men out into the country to examine the dairy farms and see that the cows are properly fed, and that the barns in which they are milked are kept clean, and that the water in which the milk pans and bottles are washed comes from clean, pure wells or springs. Illustration, what milk inspection means clean barns, cows, pails, and milkers mean clean milk. The cows here stand in fresh, clean sawdust. Another thing that the Board of Health does is to send an inspector round to look very carefully at all the meat that is sold in the butcher shops, and at all the fruits and vegetables at the grocers. If he finds any meat that is diseased or tainted or bad, or any fruit or vegetables that are beginning to spoil, or any flour, sugar, or canned goods that have been mixed with cheaper stuffs that are not good to eat, in fact, are what the law calls adulterated, he may seize the bad and dangerous foods and destroy them and summon to court the dealers who are trying to sell them. 
then the dealers are fined or perhaps sent to prison. So, you see, the Board of Health is one of the very best friends that you have, trying to keep your food pure and good, the water that you drink clean and wholesome, and the milk sweet and free from dirt or disease germs. You ought to help these officers and their inspectors in every way that you can. I know that it is sometimes troublesome to obey all their rules, and perhaps when you don't know what the dangers are which they are trying to guard you against, it seems to you that they are too particular about a great many things, but just see what they have done already to make our cities and houses healthier and pleasanter places to live in. Only 150 years ago, for instance, that terrible disease called smallpox killed hundreds of thousands of people every year in Europe, and it attacked the eyes and blinded so many of those who recovered from it, that nearly half the poor blind people in the blind asylums had had their sight destroyed by it. In smallpox there is a terrible eruption, or breaking out, upon the skin, which is likely to leave it pinned and scarred, and even 50 years ago it was exceedingly common to see people who had been pinned by smallpox, or, as the expression was, pop-marked. Cows had a disease somewhat like this, but much less dangerous called cowpox. Years ago, before dairies were inspected as they are now, dairy maids often caught this disease from the cows they milked, so that their hands would break out with pop marks. About a hundred years ago, a Dr. Richard Jenner discovered that the dairy maids in the country district in which he lived, who had caught this mild infection from the cows they milked, never caught smallpox even when they were exposed to it. So after studying over the subject for some years, he took a little of the matter or pus, from the eruption on the udder of a cow that had cowpox, scratched the arm of a little patient of his, and rubbed some of the pus into it, only a short time after, the family of this little boy was exposed to smallpox, and all the other children took it badly, but he escaped, this was the beginning of what we call vaccination, and as soon as it was found that this scratching of the arm and putting a little of this vaccine matter into it would cause only a few days of feverishness, and then after that give complete protection against smallpox. The boards of health all over the civilized world took it up and insisted upon everybody's being vaccinated when a baby. As a result, smallpox has become one of the rarest, instead of the commonest, of our infectious diseases. Only a few dozen people die of it each year in Europe. Instead of several hundred thousands, scarcely one one hundredth of the people now in our blind asylums have been sent there by smallpox. And I dare say that many of you had never even seen a pockmarked person. Another disease that used to be very dangerous to little children is diphtheria. It was not only very infectious, but very deadly, and nearly half of the children who took it died of it, and the doctors didn't know anything that would cure it. About 20 years ago, two great scientists, one a Frenchman named Rue a student of the great Professor Louis Pasteur, of whom I am sure you had heard and the other, a German, named Bering discovered in antitoxin for diphtheria, that island something to defeat the poison of the diphtheria germ. When this antitoxin is injected into the blood, it will cure diphtheria. The doctors and the boards of health took this up too, and insisted upon its being used in all cases, with the result that where the antitoxin is used early, scarcely one in twenty of the patients dies, instead of eight or ten out of twenty, as before. You know how careful we are all trying to be not to let consumption spread by insisting that all houses shall be built so as to give plenty of light and fresh air to everyone, and by forbidding spitting upon the streets, and by insisting that food to be sold, especially milk, shall be clean, by preventing the spread of the disease in every way. Our boards of health have cut down the number of deaths from this disease nearly one half, 
and people in the United States, for instance, or in England, where these health laws are enforced, live now almost exactly twice as long on the average as they did 100 years ago, or as they do now in India and in Turkey, for instance, where the people are ignorant and dirty and careless. So you see that even if some of the health regulations do seem rather troublesome and fussy, it is well worthwhile to try to follow them and help the health inspectors in every way. Even little children can help very much in keeping the houses and the cities in which they live clean and healthful and beautiful. Work and play I growing strong when school is over. Out you go with a rush. Into the open air. You have worked hard all day. And now you have two hours before supper to do just as you like. Perhaps you will play tag. Or prisoner space. Or stealing sticks. Or town ball. They are all fine fun and they exercise every muscle in your body and make your lungs breathe deeper and your heart beat faster, and make every part of you grow stronger. Perhaps you had a few chores to do or errands to run, but even these are almost as much fun as play and give you good exercise in the open air and, what is better still, a feeling that you are being of some use in the world, which is one of the happiest and most satisfactory feelings that you will ever have, if you live to be a hundred years old, but when you have finished your work, You must not forget to play real, lively, jolly games out of doors ball and tag and hide and seek, and all those games that children love, hide and seek is a good game, because, when you are caught, you can stand still a few minutes and rest, when you are hiding, you can take a good breath for the home run you have to make, most games, in fact, are planned like this a run and a rest, and then another run, while you rest, someone else is taking his turn at the bat or at being it, or whatever is the hardest part of the work. This is one reason why games are so good for you to play. You see, when you run, you are working your muscles and heart pump very hard, and if you kept running all the time, you would burn up so much food in the muscles that the heart couldn't pump blood fast enough to wash away all the waste, and would just chug 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 till it tired itself out. When you are tired, it is time to stop and rest. For being tired means that the poisons are not being carried away from the muscles fast enough, and that your heart is working too hard. What is it in your body that gives it stiffening to stand upright, and makes levers in your legs and arms to move it about? When you feel your body and arms and head with your fingers, what are they like? Isn't there something hard and then a soft kind of pad over it? We call the hard things bones. Your teacher will show you some. These are white and chalky looking, but when they were alive, They were a beautiful pinkish-white color, so you had a pretty pearl-colored framework. The shape of your body, this, which is called your skeleton, makes you stiff enough to stand up and walk about. Now bend your arm and turn your wrist and open and close your hand. You find that your framework is jointed. When you are tired standing, you can bend your joints and sit down. If you want an apple, you can close your fingers and pick it up. What are the soft pads that you felt over the bones of your arms and legs? Stretch your right arm straight out in front of you and take hold of the upper part of it with your left hand. Now clench your right fist and bring it toward your shoulder. Can you feel the elastic pads, or bands, moving? What are they doing? They are pulling your hand up to your shoulder. When you walk, you can feel the elastic bands moving your legs along. So every move we make, these elastic ropes are at work pulling us about and letting us sit down and making us run and jump. We call them muscles. You have perhaps seen jointed dolls. The strings and rubber bands on their joints help to make them move, but the dolls don't act as if they were alive. 
they had no telephone system to tell their bodies how to move. If you will stop and think how many moves you make in a day, you'll know how hard your muscles have to work. They'd be quite tired out if they did not have plenty to feed on all the time and did not rest at least nine hours a day. I told you how the food is melted and carried about in the blood. It is the blood that brings the muscles their food and keeps them alive and makes them strong enough to move the joints and the bones. What does all this playing do for you? It makes you grow not only big, but strong, too. What funny little things you'd be if you couldn't get out and run and play and make your muscles strong and your nerves do just what you tell them to do. I know of 10 or 12 little chickens that hatched a few weeks ago. There are so many cats about, that the poor little chicks have to be shut up in the barn all day. At first they ran and played and jumped on their mother's back. But now they hump their shoulders and hang their heads and don't seem hungry and look sad and sick. They are not so big as some that hatch later. Can you tell me why? Of course you can. You know that it is outdoor exercise and play that chickens need, and that you need to make you grow big and strong, too. Of course, you will have to keep your backbone straight and your chest out and your head up, but all these things will be easy for you if you are perfectly well and strong. The school tries to take just as good care of your health and growth as it can. Your lessons are short, and you change from one to another frequently, with perhaps drills or calisthenic exercises between so that you need not sit still too long at a time, and the seats and desks are of different sizes so that you need not sit at a desk that does not fit you. When your teacher urges you to go out of doors and play at recess time, even if you do not want to, you must think to yourself, it will rest me and make me grow big and straight and strong. When you come home from school, go out of doors and stay out just as long as you can. Don't let dolls or toys or picture books tempt you to stay in the house. The pictures out of doors are ever so much prettier, as soon as you learn to see them. But some of you live in crowded cities. I hope you are near a park or a playground, where you can have a good romp with other children, and use the swings and seesaws and bars, and the skating pond in winter, and the swimming pool in summer. Illustration, a skating pond made out of a garden. The school garden is flooded in winter. A fine place to skate right after school. What fun swimming is. You can learn easily if you have a safe place and an older person to teach you the stroke. You can roll over on your back in the water, and float, and dive, but you must not stay in longer than 20 minutes, and not so long as that sometimes. As soon as you begin to feel chilly, come out. Swimming not only cleans your skin, but is splendid exercise for your lungs and muscles. All this play out of doors will help your appetite, and that will make you ready to eat the right kind of food and this food will get into your blood and keep your muscles firm and strong. Aye aye, accidents I am going to tell you what to do in the case of some of the little accidents that may happen to anyone, and especially of the kind that children meet with in playing, but I don't want you to stop playing for fear you'll be hurt. Mother Nature can usually heal all the bumps and cuts and scratches that come from wholesome play. You can, however, help her very much by keeping the scratch or cut perfectly clean. This is the chief thing to remember. Wash it thoroughly in clean water. Hold it under the pump, or faucet, and let the water pour down on it. If you can, pour some antiseptic, or germ killer, over the cut, and wrap it up in a clean cloth. There is a medicine called peroxide of hydrogen, which is good for cuts and wounds, but an older person will have to put it on for you. If the scratch is from a fingernail or the claw of a cat, or if the wound is the bite of some animal, you must be sure to have your mother or a doctor clean the wound with strong medicine. You see, 
nails and claws and teeth are, as a rule, dirty, and have on them germs that will get into the cut and make it swell and be very sore indeed. Sometime you may have a cut that is deep. You will see the bright red blood spurt from it. This means that you have cut one of the blood pipes called arteries. If the cut is on the arm or the leg, you should take a cloth or bandage and tie it tightly around the arm or leg above the cut, and if that does not check the blood, put a piece of stick under the cloth and twist the stick, as in the picture. For a cut like this you must get help as soon as possible, and keep quiet, or else you will increase the flow of blood. If you get anything in your eye, be sure not to rub the eye, don't even wink hard if you can help it. You will only make the pain worse, because you will scratch the eyeball. Let someone take out the bit of dust or the cinder or the fly, or whatever it island as quickly as possible. Often, if you close the lids gently and hold them so, the tears will wash the speck down for you. If you should bruise yourself, the best way to treat the bruise is to pour either quite cold or quite warm water over it, and keep this up for several minutes, or to put it into a bowl of hot water. Then tie it up in a bandage of soft cotton cloth or gauze and pour over it a lotion containing a little alcohol about one sixth or one fourth. This, by evaporating, cools off the bruise and relieves the pain. If your ear, or nose, or a finger should happen to be frozen or frostbitten, the best thing to do is to rub it hard with snow until it thaws out and becomes pink again. Above all, don't go too near the fire, and don't go into a very warm room too soon. If you get one of those uncomfortable itchy swellings on your feet called chillblains, which come from cold floors in your houses, or from wet feet, or from wearing too thin shoes and stockings, don't put your feet too near the fire, but rub them well with turpentine just before going to bed at night. This will often take all the pain and itching out of them. Sometimes people make the mistake of drinking something that is poisonous. Of course. One good way to prevent this is to have every bottle in the house carefully marked and never to take anything from a bottle without reading the mark, or label. Another good way is not to have poisons about any more than we actually need to. Still, even so, sometimes a mistake is made. If you ever make such a mistake, the best thing to do is to drink as much warm water as you can, and into the second cupful to put a tablespoonful of dry mustard or two heaping tablespoonfuls of salt. This will make you vomit and up will come the poison, the water makes the poison weaker, if this doesn't make you throw up the poison, have someone tickle the back of your throat with a feather, there are a great many kinds of poison and as many things to take to cure them, but this is the only remedy I shall tell you about, because, by the time you have tried this, some older person will probably have come to help you, all the medicines that you see advertised as headache cures are dangerous poisons if taken into large doses, and most of them in small doses weaken the heart. They are what we call narcotics, they just deaden the nerves to pain without doing anything whatever to relieve or remove the cause. If you had a headache, the best thing to do is to go and lie down quietly and rest or sleep, until it goes away. A headache always means that something is wrong, it is one of nature's most valuable danger signals. When your head aches, nature is telling you that you have been overstraining your eyes, or breathing foul air, or eating some food that does not agree with you, or forgetting to go to the toilet regularly, or not getting sleep enough. The sensible thing to do is not to swallow some medicine to deaden your nerves to the pain, but to find out what you have been doing that is unhealthful for you, and then stop it. Most of the medicines called patent medicines, which are advertised to cure all sorts of pains and troubles, contain poisons, 
and are particularly dangerous because they easily lead one to form the habit of taking them. Nine-tenths of them are either absolute frauds, of no strength or use whatever, or else they contain alcohol, or opium, or some of the dangerous drugs made out of coal tar. Now about burns, you need not wash them, because the heat has killed the troublesome germs, they need to be covered from the air, if the blister is broken, cover them thickly with olive oil or Vaseline, or common baking soda mixed with a few drops of water, this makes a good paste to put over them, and it will ease the pain, this is the way to treat a wasp or bee sting, 2. After you have pulled out the stinger, if the blister of the burn is not broken, just keep putting Vaseline or sweet oil on it every half hour or so, and the blister won't break, for the oil will make it limber and prevent it from bursting. If ever your clothes should catch fire, do not run, the wind you make will only fan the flames, so that they burn faster. Lie down and roll over and over, as fast as you can. If there is a rug or a quilt handy, wrap yourself up tight in it. My youngest brother once saved a little child's life this way. He was not very old, but he remembered to put the child on the floor and roll him up in a rug. However, the best way to prevent accidents with fire is to let fire and lamps and matches and kerosene and sparklers and firecrackers alone. I am so glad that people are becoming sensible about keeping our nation's birthday, the 4th of July, and are doing away with the firecrackers that have killed so many thousands of children. The burns you get from firecrackers are much more dangerous than other burns. A dirt germ often gets into them that may cause lockjaw. The name tells what it is, it locks the jaws together so that its victim cannot eat, and, of course, if he cannot eat, he cannot live very long. Next 4th of July try getting flags and bunting and drums and horns, if you like, instead of these dangerous fireworks. In keeping the 4th one year not long ago, 171 children lost one or more fingers, 41 lost a leg, an arm, or a hand, 36 lost one eye and 16 lost both eyes, and 215 children were killed. This accounts for only the children, counting everybody. 5,307 people were killed or hurt. No wonder we begin to think that we ought to keep the 4th in some other way. In the city of Washington, on 1 4th of July, 104 people were taken to the hospital, but the following year when no fireworks were allowed to be sold, the hospitals did not have a single patient from the accidents of the day. Water, as well as fire, has its dangers. If you ever fall into the water, be sure to keep your mouth shut and your hands below your chin. Then paddle with your hands gently, and you'll swim, just as any other young animal does when first thrown into the water. Even your cat, who hates water, can swim easily when she falls in. If you keep your wits as she does, you will get along as well. Some people learn to swim just by trying by themselves. If anyone in your party, when you are out boating or swimming, should be nearly drowned, the best way to revive him is to allay him, as quickly as possible, flat on his face on level ground, just turning his head a little to one side so that his nose and mouth will not be blocked, then, kneeling astride of his legs, put both your hands on the small of his back and press downward with all your weight while you count three, this squeezes the abdomen and the lower part of the chest so as to drive the air out of the lungs, then swing backward so as to take the weight off your hands, while you count three again, and then swing forward again and press down, again forcing the air out of the lungs, keep up this swing pumping about 10 or 15 times a minute for at least 10 or 15 minutes, unless the person begins to breathe of himself before this, don't waste any time trying to hold him up by the feet,
or roll him over a barrel so as to get the water out of his lungs. Just turn him over on his face as quickly as possible and get to work making a weight pump of yourself on his back. If there is any life left in the body at all when it is taken out of the water, you will succeed in saving it. It is very seldom, however, that anyone who has been underwater more than five minutes can be revived. And now the thing that I want you to be sure to remember, I have saved for the last. No matter what kind of accident happens, keep your wits about you and keep cool. Be calm and think what it is best to do, instead of letting yourself be frightened. Of course, get someone to help you as soon as you can and, if need be, call for help as loud as your lungs will let you. But use that wonderful phone system to send in and out the messages that will help you to help yourself by telling your muscles what to do. I I I, the city beautiful one morning I stopped a moment on the street to speak to a friend. Her little nephew had just finished eating some candy. And down went his candy bag on the pavement. His aunt happened to see it. Oh, Mumber Claude, she said. Don't you see the big green can there? Better put it into that. But Claude was only three years old, and the can was so tall that he could not tell what it was, till we led him up to it. Do you have cans like these in your town, too? It is good to think that every one of us, even such little fellows as Claude, can help to keep the city beautiful. But it is not simply to make things look nice that we have so many cans. Cans for ashes, cans for papers, cans for food scraps. No indeed, it is to keep the city clean and make it fit for people to live in. For if dirty papers and scraps were left to blow about the streets, they would fill the air with germs and filth. Any dust that blows about the streets is likely to be carrying disease germs with it. That is why we have sprinklers driven through the streets to wet them and to keep down the dust, and why, in large cities, 